Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. They will be talking about the fifth round already of the Super Prestige and it took place in Boom. With me here to do that, as usual, Artwan. Hello. And this one. Hey everybody. Today it was the time. We have waited for this, I think, at least for two months. Tom Pitcock and Wout van Aert made their return to Cyclocross in Boom at the festival train of Tomorrowland. That's what usually is organized there in the summer and in the winter we know it for a great cyclocross venue. And Isam will tell us what happened in the men's race. Yes, indeed, the fifth race of the Super Prestige in Boom and all eyes were on Wout van Aert and Tom Pitcock, their first race of the season. It was a muddy race, so the guys with a bigger engine obviously will have you know, their chances today. And uh, we saw a very good start from Van Kessel and Hermans. The Tormans guys were good in front. Also very good start from Thijs Aerts. Stone Aerts was very alert at front, but overall all the main riders were there and it was a bit of a cautious start because I would say that uh, they were a bit afraid of what would lie in front of them and a tough course it was. The question was how long it will take for Van Aert and Pitcock to be at the front and, well, there's a very short answer for that. It was one lap. Within one lap, Van Aert and, and Pitcock were able to be in the top 10 and even uh, at the first three to, to show themselves there up front. And in the second lap, Van Aert puts even the guys under pressure. Uh, on the hill, he goes all the way to the top without going off his bike. The others cannot really do that. Only one able to follow is Tone Arts uh, and uh, also has a chance to take over from Van Aert. Then makes a small mistake, has a, a smaller gap and wants to compensate in one of you know, the notorious descent of Baal, of Boom, and, you know, that didn't really go well. He crashes there, and then Van Aert is alone. Will Van Aert then win this in solo? Who knows? Behind him, Hermans tries to close that gap, and Iserbeet tries that as well, but both will not even come a single meter closer. Every meter they do, every hill that comes up in front of them, they won't gain any time. Uh, and at the third, at the end of the third lap, the gap is already 51 seconds to Quinten Hermans, 51 seconds. Arts goes yet again in pursuit and tries to close that gap, but that doesn't really help either. Um, the gap goes from 51 seconds to 1 minute 30 and even grows to a, a whooping 1 minute and 55 seconds. Arts makes a second tumble in the, the, in, in the pursuit and in the penultimate lap, it looks like the the, the Paul Sousen guys of Michael van Turnout in Nelly Iserbeet will find themselves and arrest the rest of the podiums and fill that up. Uh, but in the last lap, Arts and van der Haar had a very strong uh, last lap and were able to take uh, second place for Toon Arts and third for uh, Lars van der Haar. But in, in the end, that was not close enough, not even a, a, a little bit of a dominated performance from uh, Wout van Aert, who was able to win at his return uh, first race of the season. Can't, I still can't believe what I saw during the race. I mean, in our preview podcast, we said, okay, we expect Van Aert to compete for a podium, but Arts and Isabit should be better. But, well, I mean, I did expect that the expectations for Van Aert and Pitcock would be downplayed. But, I mean, he, this, Van Aert had a cold, he didn't do a lot of specific training, and then he comes to a race here and wins by 1 minute and 40 seconds, despite the crash and... He, this gap he had two minutes at some point it was just ridiculous I, I don't really remember the last time I really saw anything like this I mean sure you had Dendermonde last year but I don't know I, I'm lost for words about this performance I don't know I think there's nothing you could have done against this Wout van Aert because it's just insane what we saw today yeah I, I'm, in my opinion this is it's a, it's a very very good Wout van Aert that we saw and 
we I, I said it myself in the in the in the preview podcast and I think we all shared that idea that we kind of knew that Van Aert would be good. Uh, we knew that he had a chance of of, of fighting for a podium because normally when Farad joins, uh, returns into the field, he's always good. There's not like he doesn't really have an off day. He has his days where he's not really that good, but he always can compensate that. And uh, but today he was just, you know, there was nothing they could do. His running was on point. Uh, his technique was all good. Uh, he made that one mistake in the sixth lap in that descent, but. I guess almost everybody had their tumble or at least had the moment there. So, you know, that was nothing really major. And But overall, it was just a very good race, very g- controlled. He was a bit lucky, the position, how he how he got in, I guess. I think Donards could have followed him a little longer, I would say. But overall, it was just so strong, so good. And um, yeah, <laughs> indeed, it makes you a bit speechless, this kind of performances. Absolutely insane what he's able to do to pull out a 1 minute 40 gap to everyone else in the field. It's uh, It really shows why people are so hyped for when uh, Van der Poel and Van Aert return to the field. Because you know, you're going to get the best level possible. And uh, well, today Van Aert showed, I think, that uh, he is still at the very least uh, the number two cyclocross rider in the world. Yeah, at the very least. Um, I mean, still I, I can't get my head around it because I honestly thought Isabit would be a lot better. I do think, yes, we found a parkour that was good here for Van Aert. There was quite some running, a lot of power, and I could see, especially on the power, Van Aert was good. He was able to ride that steep hill. He was the only rider who made it to the top. Although Arch did also have some good power as well, but we'll talk about what Arch did a bit later. But first, all attention on this performance of Van Aert. I personally think... This is one of his top five or maybe even top three cross performances he's done in his career. Personally, I think Valkenburg was the most insane ride he did, the World Championships there. Of course, Den de Monde last year as well. But Den de Monde last year, that was like a perfect, perfect parkour for him. There was so much running and Van Aert excels in running. And at some point, the gaps there were huge, but... That was a different situation than this. This is Van Aert coming into the field. He didn't have any preparation for this. Or, well, he maybe trained. He obviously trained for it. But no race rhythm, nothing. And I don't think that Arts or anyone could have done anything against this. But in my opinion, the others did make it very easy for Van Aert and Pitcock to get a top-class result here. Last year, when we saw Van der Poel come back, we saw rapid starts at the front. Van der Poel needing to come back and have... 25 seconds a deficit of 25 seconds after one lap and then you need to pick that up but the start today the first lap was more like a reckon than a serious pace there was still 20 riders like in one group after the first passage of the finish line and this way you will know well nobody could have beaten van Aert. that's the number one point but next week in Val Sol, van Aert and Pitcock will start even further back because we use the world cup rankings and then, in my opinion, it's an absolute must for Isabit and Arts and the likes of Hermans as well to have a rapid start and at least try and do something because we saw today an incredible performance by Van Aert. And if you want any chance, that's basically the only thing you can do. Yeah, I I, I think so. But it's, you know, the, 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 the Tabor race was um, was a faster race. It was a race wherein it is, uh, the, you know, differences are already a little bit smaller. 
yeah, this is a kind of race I, you know, where you go into Reckon and you, you do the Reckon lap. You you feel how how it is, and you're like, okay, this is a tough race. I need to make sure that I don't blow up. It's already the fifth race in the Super Prestige, so the likes of Iserbeet and Arts don't want to make you know big mistakes because the the points difference is very close. Uh, it's now only two points, uh, even though that Iserbeet didn't really have the result he wanted. I would say it is a bit a race in a race. Do you want to? put everything on the line to make sure that those guys will not return to the front or do you just let it happen save a little bit and make sure that you can follow them uh, you know it's a bit of a, a two-way but like you said it's just the, the way Fanart was riding today there was there was just nothing that would that would stop him other than luck or a crash and he had that one crash but he only had, or, already had like two minutes so didn't really hamper him that much Fanart after the race he said of course this gives my confidence a boost but I don't think this is the true difference in performance. This was a perfect parkour for me. And when my big friend, he refers to Macho van der Poel there, comes back, it will need to be a couple of percentage points better than I am now. Tom, what do you think? Do you think that this is the true Wout van Aert level we see compared to the rest and that they are simply that much better than the rest? Or will we see a different story maybe already next week in Valdisol? I think, as he said, this is a really good parkour for him. I, I do think he is very much better than the other guys, uh, like with a safe margin. Uh, I highly doubt that it will be around two minutes every single cross. Um, and of course, with Van der Poel, uh, when he comes back, it will be a whole other race uh, as well. Yeah, I do think that the differences might be a bit smaller, but even then, he's here downplaying his own performance. I mean, it does look like he doesn't really want the pressure, which I can understand. But, I mean, if the gap was maybe 40 seconds or something, then I could have accepted this. And then I could have thought, okay, well, by the looks of it, we'll see something different next week when the parkour suits him less. But does a parkour make two minutes difference? Nah, not really. What can make that difference is that the other riders, I don't think we saw the best cross of the season for any of the riders behind him. I mean, with, of course, the exception being Pickcock because it's his first race of the season. But if we look at it, Arts, he had a messy race, lots of mistakes. Arts could have been closer. But for Isabit, I don't think Isabit had a great day. Van Haar just came back from some issue with his back. Van Turenhout is there. He was sick. Ron Haar, strong race. If we look at it, Quinten Hermans was nowhere today. I do think that these riders weren't at their best today. Isam, what are your thoughts on this? Is this the usual story of it looks that they are very good when Van Aert and Van der Poel aren't there? Or is it perhaps the role of Besançon? Or is it the freshness that Van Aert has? What's your thought on that? I definitely think that um, that it's it's already a long season. Eh? They, they started very early this season and uh, there have been a lot of very fast races also a couple of tough ones Bessanso was obviously a very very tough one as well which which makes it not easy to to go to this race and then give it your all and make sure that you are 100% but i i would say that for the likes of maybe Inizerbeet and Van now today they were just not good Hermans that came back you know in my opinion was not was not 100% and i think everybody can acknowledge that uh, and, and the same goes maybe also for the Cornet van Kessel. So we we just we had a, a couple of guys that were just not really on their top. I think Arts was hitting a very good level, but Arts just made that two crucial mistakes. 
especially the one that he, that he did to make sure that Van Aert went earlier than him into the descent in the second lap. So, you know, it's it's a combination of a lot of things, but in the end, it's also the parkour. I think the parkour was very tough. It was a very hard parkour, and we know that Van Aert, when there is mud, when there is running, when there are long hills, when you need a very big engine to make sure that you're uh, that you get through the parkour, you know, we know that Van Aert is one of the better guys. So, in in the end, you know that this that is what it is, and um, yeah, that it's just it's very hard to say, and we will see in the next coming races what's gonna happen. Personally, I do think that Don Arts could have been closer than the one minute forty. I already said that earlier. Don Arts having a very messy race. Ton, what did you think of the race of Don Arts? Tell us a bit about his mistakes and what you think led to them. Just a bit struggling, maybe trying to push it a little bit too hard in the wrong places. And well, uh, yeah, on a very tricky parkour like today, you're going to have to pay for that, uh, unfortunately for him. Personally, I think it was maybe a bit over eager of Tonart. He was actually able to follow Wout van Aert when Wout van Aert launched his eventually deciding attack. But then he got caught up with his bike in the net. And then we came to this very tricky downhill. A couple of seasons ago, we saw Arzufi also struggle there. She crashed there whilst being in the lead. And now we saw Tonart taking a lot of risks, crashing, losing 10-15 seconds there with just one crash. Later on, his teammate Pim Ronaar thought all or nothing... You saw that crash of Ronar and that downhill coming from miles away, and then Arts overreacted and crashed there as well, eventually ending second. What did you think about that, Isam? Yeah, about Arts, uh, you know, second place, he could he could have been easier second. He made his his day a little bit harder than it should have been. But nevertheless, I think if you look at his the, the way he went up the hills, the way he was going around, uh, regardless of the mistakes he made, you know, he was fighting very hard and. It, it it seemed to me that he was definitely the stronger guy and he was you know his level was above the others and it was quite clear and this is a parkour he likes eh? with those long hills the mud and everything so this is uh it's not a surprise that he is uh reaching this level but i i definitely think that if he didn't had that crash maybe fanart would have slowed down a little bit or would have at least played it a little bit more tactical and it would have been a closer race you know at the end of the day, he got his second place, and this is not a classification on time, it's on position, and second place was probably the highest possible position. He was in a fight with the uh, Paul Sauser riders. We saw three riders of Bauer's track fighting with two Paul Sauser riders at the end. Spectacular blow-up by Michael van Turenhout. He really overcooked himself in that final lap. He fell back so, so, so far. He was comfortably in second going into that lap, and it's sixth. It was a lap longer, he might have even fallen outside of the top 10. Crazy blow up by him, but yeah, I don't think Isabit had his best day today, but that did lead the uh, leave the opportunity to Tonart to profit of that. He was two places ahead, he halved his deposit in the Super Prestige classification. He's now only two points behind Eli Isabit, three races to go. That's definitely one classification that is still very interesting because the World Cup is pretty much decided already, but. I guess here we can still uh, look forward to a good battle between Don Aert and Elisabeth. Let's talk here a bit about our final podium sitter, Lars van der Haar, who ended third. Do you guys have any clue where he was in the beginning of the race? Because I only saw him pop up like in the second half of the race. He 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 disappeared. I, I don't know where he came from, but very good comeback ride. Yeah, I think he struggled a little bit of the start. I was really looking for 
the jersey of Pitcock at the start, I could uh, find Van Aert quite easily, actually. Uh, but uh, during the process of trying to find Pitcock, I got uh, distracted by the jersey of uh, Lars van der Haar many times. Just like riding outside of the Totem, it was, uh, it was a very bad start for him indeed. And uh, well, good that he managed to do this uh, recovery right. That's when done our entire top 10 then. We had, of course, the podium of Van Aert, Aerts and Van der Haar. Behind that we saw Isabiet ahead of Ronaar van Toerenhout. Then we come towards Tom Pitcock in 7th, 8th place for Mace Hendricks, ahead of Thijs Aerts and 10th place goes to Corne van Kessel. Let's first start with two riders who had another strong showing, both Dutch, both under 23, Pim Ronhaar and Mace Hendricks. Any comments on their races? I mean, we can conclude that uh, Ronhaar and Mud is a, is a combination that is uh, set in heaven. Eh? Those they, they, they love each other uh, too much, I would say, because... It seems like every time we go in in those kind of races, those type of races, he 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 can find some percentages that he you know cannot really find in faster races, uh, and, and that there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's uh, amazing to see a guy like that uh, being being very good in that, and he was able to you know he was aggressive, especially for someone that's only twenty. He, you know, he tried to take initiative in the race, was a couple of times in front. So overall, very strong, and for Hendricks, a bit of the same. He was, um, we could see him around with with Pitcock in the last uh, couple uh, couple of laps of the race, and you know he was also going very strong. A little bit, uh, I would say, uh, weird way of going downhill in that descent there in 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 Bohm, going off his bike very early. I would say the knees. Uh, his, his knees will uh, <laughs> will complain about that after the race, but overall it was also a very good performance from him. And you know, for guys that um, that are so young, a very hard parkour, they are able to uh, manage it very well. Yeah, that downhill certainly hurt some knees and especially some ankles. Oh, I remember a shot of Hendricks last minute hopping off his bike at top speed. Ooh, I hope somebody can look at his ankles tonight because those will definitely be sore tomorrow. Luckily for them, there's no race tomorrow, so they can give those ankles a bit of rest. But it was certainly a challenging parkour. And for Ronhaar, I think Ronhaar also took too many risks. I said that earlier. But overall, fifth in the mud just shows Ronhaar is living up to the potential. We know he has finally sorted his back problems that he had earlier this season, so... Good to see him up there. However, he almost did cost on Ars that podium by taking too many risks. I mean, I think we can conclude that when he was in the podium position, he just took way too many risks. You saw that crash in that slippery downhill come from miles, but then literally miles away. You saw he was never going to make that corner. And in the end, he is lucky to beat or have still have Tonarts on the podium because I think that if Tonarts had really gone over Ron Haar, that there would have been a bigger issue at the Boas Trek Lions. Uh, yeah, Ton Arts, uh, very strong. We heard some noises that he was very strong on training this week, and it seems to have uh, rubbed off on his teammates as well, as uh, they have three men in the top five and a fourth in ninth position. A very good uh, race weekend, uh, race for them here. Yeah, definitely a strong showing by them. Now we still have to mention Tom Pitcock. We haven't talked about his return at all or well we've briefly mentioned him but what did you guys think of the first race of tom pitcock back better than i remember him doing last year which is certainly encouraging uh, at the very start but yeah it was nothing really that special um happy to see that he can stick around like the front but i uh, didn't quite have it yet today yeah i could definitely see pitcock was a bit rusty 
he made that one crucial mistake in the downhill he crashed there personally i think he could have ended on or just off the podium without that crash because that broke up his rhythm and today rhythm was very important lucinda brand the winner of the women's race said it you can only ride one one pace if the temperatures and parkour are like this you can only go for one steady pace and if that pace is broken up then you're in trouble and we saw that with art art had a crash needed a lap to repack himself put in two good laps had a crash needed a lap to repack himself and eventually ended second and for pitcock we saw the same he will do he needed a couple of laps to get into the rhythm get into the groove then he got going made that mistake needed a couple of laps again to get going and then finally he still managed to overtake mace hendrix and also come relatively close still to michael van Turenhout. so i think overall pitcock not a bad comeback what do you think we can expect from him the coming weeks is on uh yeah it depends i mean i have a feeling that um it will only go uphill from here because i have seen you know there are definitely a lot of positives that i have seen from pitcock and it was also a bit expected. Eh? We we said it already that he has the tendency to struggle a little bit coming into the season. He obviously had a, a longer off uh, period than Van Aert had. Van Aert could really train uh, in his period when he went went off the bike, of the road bike. And you know Pitcock didn't really have that luxury. Obviously had something with his knee. Uh, was not able to touch his bike for for a couple of weeks. I I would assume and then went back on it again and you know that is obviously not the the, the most amazing preparation going into uh, your first race of a cyclocross uh, season so i think overall you know he showed that he was able to to go with the best and i would assume that uh going into the next couple of races we will only see improvements so yeah i think pitcock might be a tad disappointed by his result here today but there were certainly way more disappointing riders today hermans and lauren Sweek are the first ones any comments on Quinton Hermans? Really started off strong uh, in the race, of course, but uh, yeah, didn't find his footing, I guess. And uh, well, yeah, a very disappointing end result indeed. Yeah, maybe blew up a bit or lacking rhythm. Of course, there could have been an issue we don't know about. But Lauren Sveik, Sveik never got into the race, first of all. He had a bad start, was not even in the first big group of 20 riders, ended 19th. Issam, what do you make of this for uh, Lauren Sveik? Well, I mean, it, you don't need a lot of math to uh, understand that that was not a really good result. And um, yeah, I don't know, like, okay, it's not really a parkour where we can expect a lot from from Sveik, a lot of running, a lot of, of, you know, climbing and stuff. So he's not really a fan of that. But this is, uh, this is just not really going well. Obviously, he skipped very early in the season the, the States, the United States races and... Uh, we thought that that was a, tacti- a tactical uh, decision, something that will pay off later on in the season, but we don't see much from that, and it's becoming a little worrying. Let's hope that he can find his rhythm back, that he can you know, fight back and have some better results, and you know, it's not the end of the day if you have one off day, uh, but you don't want to have too many of them in this season. Certainly not. Lauren uh, Sveik, of course, last weekend also didn't have the best weekend of racing. Apparently he's been a bit sick, but... Let's hope that things improve for Den Laurens, as they call him in Belgium. However, last name that we have to mention here, Ben Turner, who has made the move to Ineos following January 1st, so he's about to make that move. He's riding with Pitcock, the cross races, both from the Trinity team previously. 12th place today. I think that's a very good performance. His previously, his best result was 11th in Dendermonde, now 12th here at his comeback. 
I would be very happy with that if I was Ben Turner. Yeah, excellent performance. And that, uh, with the very first race of the season, is just uh, a very good way to get underway in the cyclocross season. It should be a great bit of motivation for him to see uh, what levels he can reach. I hope Tom uh, Ben Turner can get into the top 10 often with Tom Pitcock, probably for Turner as well. It's uh, going to take some time for him to get into a rhythm as well within cyclocross. But... I do hope to see him come forward, but for him the same goes as for night. The parkour was very good for him. On to the women's race then. No surprises there, Twan Telles. It was a very st uh, quick start by Inge van der Heide as uh, she went on to ride a very good race. Unfortunately for her, uh, the world champion Lucinda Brandt would catch up with her overtaker and leave her behind as the race went on with uh, a very comfortable uh, victory, I would say, for Lucinda Brandt ahead of Van der Heide and Betsema taking up the third place after a uh, shoe mechanical. We said it in our preview podcast, only bad luck could stop Lucinda Brandt. No bad luck for her today, I mean... Is there anything we can say except that she was just the strongest today once again? Yeah, once once again, I would uh, definitely say that. I was a bit, I wouldn't say worried, but I was like, well, this is not really going well at the beginning of the of the race. But then, just when she she got into a rhythm, uh, and also in the running and going uphill and everything, it was just a little bit more, a little bit more power, a little bit stronger. And then there's just not a lot you can do about it. We joked about it last week, and we, we you know, we said that only bad luck is gonna be stopping her. But it, it's coming to such a point, and it doesn't mean that nobody is able to beat her. I definitely have a feeling that on some parkours, it's it's just gonna be very easy for or very easy. It's gonna be uh, doable for other women to to beat her. And I think with uh, the return of uh, Vash and Foss, it's definitely gonna be uh, also a little bit more difficult. But at the moment, there's just not a lot you can do uh, about Brandt. Personally, I would be a bit scared if I was not riding for Balas Trek. I mean, overall, we've seen a very strong ride here by the riders of Balas Trek this weekend. Brandt winning, but in the men's category as well, Arts. This is not a Van der Haar parkour, so Van der Haar ending in third was also very good. Then Ron Haar in fifth, who has been good the last couple of weeks. Thijs Arts now in the top 10. Outside of the top 10, there are also some other riders of the Balas Trek Lions who are doing fairly okay or in the youth categories, but they are going on a training camp of almost two weeks as they skip Essen and Valdisol. If they come back a few percentage points better than they are now, I would seriously be scared how good these riders will be in the Christmas period. Maybe it's something for someone like Betsema to think about what can she do to improve herself. I mean, she did have that shoe issue. Following that shoe issue, she, she kind of kept up the pace with Brandt. She didn't lose that much. Um, but Brandt was also not giving her everything anymore. But I did, do think Betsema would have been a worthy opponent of Brandt today. But I don't know. I feel like Betsema is lacking a bit of form the last couple of weeks. I don't know what she can do to get that back because... It can only be the racing in the Christmas period or the training camp after that, but I have not heard any news about Betsema skipping any races, so I don't know what that will mean for Betsema in the upcoming weeks. What do you guys think about her race and what this means for the rest of our season? I think Betsema is really missing that. Yeah, she's just missing a few percentage points. 
Because even if she is like able to equal Brandt, she needs to drop her because she can't really go to the line with her, maybe even into the last lap with her, uh, which really complicates things uh, for her. And it's just not been there. Like it's been very solid for like podium places, but the the quality to win it's it's not there at the moment and i think uh, she might just need to go away uh, grab a little bit of rest some good training and uh, get uh, ready for the world championships yeah perhaps but i think the issue with betsma she is second in all classifications or no she actually does delete the xvo trophy but for the rest she is second in the super prestige three points down she's second in the world cup 30 points down which means if she wins for the soul she can take the lead there again but i don't feel like betsma is going to give up any of these classifications and by doing that i don't see how you will improve and it's something we've seen season after season there's always riders who do too much betsma has ridden almost every single cross since the beginning of the season. She started in the first course of the year in Lokere. And I think she's done double weekends in all the weekends that that was possible. Oh, of course. Well, she skipped Lover, but almost everyone skipped Lover. And for the rest, she's done, I think, every single cross there is. So I feel like it might be getting a bit much for her. I do think there is still a bit room of improvement by doing more racing and doing a bit more training. I don't feel like she's training that much, but it will be difficult. But, I mean... I do talk, we do talk very easy about the victory of Brandt here, but I do not want to underestimate the performance she puts in week after week. It's very good, and for Betsema, I think she was very good here as well. But for Betsema, it's just typical that she doesn't end in front of Inge van der Heide for her season. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel Inge van der Heide was strong today, but I still think that Betsema could have potentially gotten her in the last lap. Yeah, I... Van der Heide surprised me positively, to, to be honest, today. I mean, you know, from the start, she had a plan, and the plan was to just go as fast as possible, uh, put the others under pressure, and she did a very good job in that. And, you know, in the end, to, to make sure that she took home that second place, holding off Betsema in the last lap, which, in my opinion, wasn't really a surprise when I saw that uh, it, it was just that Betsema was losing a lot of time in, in some sections that, in my opinion, you know, you shouldn't be losing that much time. The difference was just too you know too big uh, and then just to be able to hold that second place just very strong performance so yeah there's not a lot you can say about that Rochette uh, I had a bit of hope that she was going to be able to to get a podium uh, but in the end it was just you know not really enough in the tank uh, for a long moment she was fighting with with uh, with Alvarado but then in the end Alvarado faded uh, completely and you know Betsma came from uh, from behind was able to take that third spot and there was not a lot she could do but also from her very strong race. Yeah, I do agree. I remember that Twan and I were talking about Inger van der Heide a couple of seasons ago and we were comparing her a bit with Lauren Zweig that she was only good on the faster parcourses preferably with a lot of sand but this year, I did already expect Van der Heide to be good here in the muddier conditions based on the performances in Rutherford and also in the States where we had some muddy races. But second, that did that did go above my expectations. I maybe predicted her for a podium in the pre preview podcast, but I was just scrambling things around. I wanted to go with something different, so don't attach too much value to that. But overall, very solid performance. And Twan, 
as I said, we spoke about her comparing her with Laura Zweig, but she's really developed herself into a well-rounded cyclocross rider. Yeah, it's it's been uh, a good season so far for Inge van der Heide, really developing herself on different courses. And uh, just in general, it's uh, it has to be very good for her as a rider, and it has to feel very good for her as well. Let's look at our entire top 10 then. Lucinda Brandt took her ninth win of the season, another strong showing by her ahead of Inger van der Heide and Denise Betsma. Just off the podium, Magali Rochette, as some already mentioned her, another strong race by her, ahead of Femme van Empel, who is continuing the tendency of getting good results the last couple of weeks. Then we find two riders who are slightly disappointing today, Worsen Alvarado both still struggling this season. Eighth place was for Sonnekant ahead of Zoe Bakset and Anik van Alva rounded off the top 10. We can talk very long about Worsen Alvarado again, but I feel like we've already said what we think there is to say about them in our Besançon podcast, so there's no point in repeating that week after week. I would, however, like to mention Zoe Buckstedt, just 17 years old, once again a very solid performance by her. Tough parkour to end ninth at such an age. I take my hat off. Yeah, it was really an incredible achievement by her. Uh, being able to do something like this at that kind of age, it's... Uh... Really not something that we're uh, too used to seeing, of course, as, uh, well, she is clearly extremely talented, and uh, these are the kind of performances that just uh, confirm that. She didn't race after Kokseide, so last week she didn't race Besançon or Kortrijk. I think that's a wise decision. She's taken a bit of rest, and following her incredibly busy schedule over the last couple of months, racing a lot on the road or actually even on the track earlier and then onto the road after the world immediately going into cyclocross not having much rest there either i think it's a wise decision and we can see a bit of extra freshness now because this performance is a lot better than what we've seen earlier from her for instance in Overijse and in Zonhoven. and comes more towards the level of what we saw in Rudderford although i do rate this performance a bit higher final name I would like to mention is one who we briefly mentioned in our preview podcast. Lotte Kopecki, the vice-Belgian champion, started her cross-season here, 20th place. What do we make of that performance considering her big goal the Belgian championships? Not, not, not an easy race to, to start um, your, your campaign. And um, it doesn't say too much. Eh? I mean, it's, you know, five minutes behind uh, Brandt. Um, four minutes or three minutes behind Kant, so no, that's not really what you want to have. She's a bit far off the the Belgium top, but it's her first race only. So I I think that she can grow in the season, and we have seen already last year that you know she has some 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 good power in the leg. So if she can transform that with a bit of technique, a lot is possible. And then even those championships, definitely a, a podium would be possible, and, and maybe even more than that. I think it could very well be possible that Lotte Kopecky takes the Belgian title, although a lot will depend on the weather, the parkour, things like that. I do know Kopecky lacks a lot of technique. Last year at the Belgian Championships, there was one sand pit and her passages through there were atrocious. Kant gained a lot of seconds there. And I have heard that there's quite some sand here, but then again, apparently it's not for the sand specialists, according to Paul Herreigers. So it will be definitely interesting to see what she can do there. But, I mean, Kant is definitely going to face more opposition. Although we do say that every year. But Riberol, Frank and Kopecky was behind Van Looy de Wilde and Krabé. Who are all put in decent rides here today. I think we'll see a more open Belgian championships. But Sander Kant was once again alright today. But 
Conte is a bit inconsistent this season, so I guess we have to wait and see. Well, then I think we've covered it for the fifth round of the Super Prestige in Bohm. I do want to give a short roundup of the standings in the women's category of the Super Prestige. Lucinda Brandt leads that classification. She has now three points in advantage over Denise Betsema and the gap towards Anna-Marie Worst, who is third, is already six points, which is all created today, Vorst didn't have a great day, she lost 5 points and she was only 1 point behind, so Bram definitely doing a good job towards that classification. Anyway, that was it then for today, quite a lot to say on this one. Ton and Isam, thank you for joining. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Only one podcast this weekend because there was only one race, but nevertheless this weekend, or this week I must say, we have a podcast coming up in the preview of the Valdi Sol World Cup. We are speaking with Arzufi and Eva Lechner, so make sure to tune in for that one on Wednesday. And we will also be bringing you, of course, next weekend, a podcast about the Atheist Cross in Essen, where Tim Merlier and Johnny Vermeers will be starting their season, with Wout van Aert also lining up. And then, of course, on Sunday, we have the World Cup in Valdi Sol, so make sure to tune in for that one. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I will see you guys very soon.